Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles. Brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and americanamusicmagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Den of Ashes, the grandson of 50s-era country and western entertainers John and Texas Peggy Clemens, comes from a long line of western music tradition. For his new CD, California, Ash says... If you skipped the needle forward 50 years, this is what Western music would be. In this edition of Americana Music Profiles, we talk to Ash about the history of his grandparents' music, Ash's career, and what his new CD means for Western music. Hi, Ash. Welcome to the podcast. We were talking a little bit uh, offline before we got started, and uh, you, you've got a pretty uh, pretty good history of uh, music yourself and, and uh, you cutting your teeth as a musician, as well as the history from your grandparents, right? You're, you're absolutely right. And I, I grew up with the basis of the New York folklore. Okay. Well, you yeah. know, the sure. and now the folk music as well came out of Woodstock. Uh, there was a lot of root stuff happening, obviously, at that point. Then moving to Virginia was, uh, you know, it was a culture shock. Yeah, New York. <laughs> I'm sure. But, but that music leaves an impression on you. Just the same thing as the Fiddler's Convention and Galax. Yeah. You yeah. get all of the and incredible people, you know, the, and these people just work on the farms all day long. And you get this whole other avenue of music and respect for that. And then you get the influence where Roanoke is in the, you know, southwest Virginia, even as far as like Harrisonburg. Look, you know, I just saw Bruce Hornsby this past weekend. Yeah. This year, and, you know, he's a tide, he's a Tidewater boy. Right. And, and Wayne Cooley's been his engineer. I went to high school with Wayne. And it's just, you know, it, there's, there is definitely a basis in that music that sticks with you. My, you know, I, I thought that was a fantastic place to be. So you're absolutely right. It is a hotbed for people that really want that influence. Yeah. It's really interesting. You know, I take a look at my grandparents' legacy, you know, and they were, when they were touring, you know, 1930, 39 through the 40s and early 50s. And, you know, they, they had traveled all 48 states, um, you know, because obviously Alaska and Hawaii were not states. Right. At that point. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they had they had a Packard and they had a Vagabond trailer. And I've got a world of archives of their photographs from all of their tours and journeys. Wow. And it's like the, the you know, and a lot of the, the Western, they were much more Western than they were country. But remember, country is focused at that point as well. Right. Poor right. people's music. Right, you know, they, sure. they would tour with the they would they would everybody had their own tours but they would definitely sync up and you know my grandparents would would share the stage with the Carters and they were actually Mother Maybell was really good friends with my grandmother wow that's cool text with my grandfather yeah so I grew up with that with that whole just the basis of these entertainment people as a kid right when they came off the road they opened a hotel in upstate New York. 
and catered to all of their touring and entertainment socialite friends. So I got wow. to meet many of them growing up. Wow, that's cool. And, uh, it was it was it was cool when you know I, I Johnny Cash when he was alive. Beck's first album was out, and Beck opened for Johnny Cash and Pet Tages here. Huh. And that was before I worked on one of his music videos, but. You know, I, I brought him the autograph he had signed to my grandmother. He used to stay at my grandparents' hotel. Wow. And he says, yeah, I remember old Peg, and her name was Texas Peggy. And he he, and he, he, he re-signed the autograph to me. Wow, like, that's oh, cool. I got to sign this one. I'll do that. Yeah. And he was standing next, next to me cracking up. And I was <laughs> like, well, what's so funny? And he said, well, you know what? This guy sent... He saw me the very first year I started touring, and then brought my the picture I autographed to him, like you know, twenty years later. And I said, "Well, I already signed." It. He said, "But will you sign it again?" <laughs> <laughs> he said, "He just reminded me of that." Yeah, wow, that, that's cool. So, did did your experience yeah. with your grandparents uh, is is that what got you into music? Is that was that kind of the the uh, the nesting for you at that point? Well, you know, it, it was it was interesting because I was brought up with it, and it was just one of it was just one of those everyday things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they, they do a lot of the entertainment. Yeah. yeah, they they would see a lot of their friends on hee haw. You know, when they came off the road, they, remember they were the first generation. Yeah, literally. Yeah. yeah. And then when you start getting into Willie Nelson, which I just saw on Sunday, which was great. Yeah, that's um, cool. You know, and Merle. Merle Haggard, all the other guys, those were the next generation. Yeah. Now when you're getting into Shooter and, you know, all these, and, and Waylon's son, you're, I mean, Waylon's son and Willie's son, that is the third generation. Right, yeah. Going in. Yeah. And I'm, I'm part of that, I'm part of that third generation. Yeah. My, my dad did not survive that world. You know, he died when he was 34. Oh, wow. So, but, well, it, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I, I was left a really beautiful legacy, mm-hmm. and that's the reason why, it, because I have that legacy that I can go ahead and push to bring back Western, as Western, you know, Western Americana rock, absolutely, folk rock. And I, I was listening to, uh, I had this image in my mind of what Western is, and 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 went and listened to some of the catalog of your, your new record, which is kind of the point of this this conversation but i i you know in my mind i'm thinking um uh, i guess i was thinking western swing which it clearly isn't what what is it that that distinguishes it and makes it feel western uh by your definition well, that's, that's a very, yeah that's a that's a very very good question a very easy question to answer now the cadence of western versus country you know it's actually well we, we can talk about country now which is pop Right, uh, right, right. Work. Not country, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 the you know it. You can go back in time, and let let me kind of explain. Uh, if you went back into the California sound of the Eagles, right, Jackson Brown, yeah, you go in the other. If that if that came out now, that would be considered much more Western than it was. You know, it's like it, it, people have categorized things according to the the times when they were out. Right, you know, it's obvious classic rock. So Western does have a classic rock feel. It does have a a Western West Coast feel, mm-hmm. um, which it definitely does. It's you know my, it's not Appalachian, but you can hear some little influences. Actually, in my first record, there was Misty Morning, which was uh, kind of like a, a a fatal love song. Yeah, okay. Um, but you get into like for instance, it's not a very snappy tone. People 
there's the homage that people play to Western, the spaghetti Westerns. Uh-huh. Let's just talk about that. The Sergio Leon, Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Right. Um, you know, it's actually funny because my piano player, Alex Alessandrani, his father was the one who played all the guitars and was the whistle in The Good and the Bad and the Ugly. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. So it's like he has, he has a legacy as well, a phenomenal one. And he gravitated towards the style. There's, there's a tonality and mood, and that's one of the most important things, mm, Greg. There's okay. a mood created by it, a story-based mood. You notice it's not a lot of quick picking as it is. It's, mm-hmm. this, it's this, this tonal range, and it's not trying to be this over-orchestrated North Texas feel. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. looking for the influences of Bakersfield. I'm not looking for the influences of North Texas. Certainly not looking for the the influences of Nashville. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you start getting into, you know, Western kind of, you know, it's interesting you brought up Western swing, which, which is pretty cool because Western did come out of that. It was a large orchestrated uh, music genre. Mm-hmm. Now, mine is, you can tell mine's a pretty orchestrated genre. It's not. It's a very thick, thick basis of, of tones on mm-hmm. there. You know, it's 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 set, it's set up for a five piece, mm-hmm. but it's it has a lot to do with the mood, the the subject matter, storytelling. Right. Okay. It has a lot to do with with the feel of a little bit of that classic rock and guitar you know mm-hmm. there, there's instruments that are very mm-hmm. much based in there like if you were listening to bluegrass you'd be expecting to hear you know the mandolin right and a sure. lot of other different things bring in so we're staying within you know the pedal steel by the way greg leitz uh i don't i don't know if you know who he is but he's probably one of the greatest pedal steel players hmm. that's ever been hmm, cool and he's he actually he was on a tour with Jackson Brown. He was in town for two days. Okay, so grabbed him. Yeah, and you know he and it's his natural style. It's, that's the beauty about these people. They they've lived out here. They kind of live that classic rock and yeah. feel like even Neil Young, you know. And that's and Neil yeah 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 okay. phenomenal. And that's what we're taking from you know we, it's it's a it's a beautiful cross combination of a couple things. But if you were to listen to it and drive out to the desert and in the western landscape, it would totally you would totally understand and embrace it. Yeah, and that's what I get from most of my fans. Okay, that's really and a lot of it is based upon the western landscape and yeah. those thoughts and that solitude. Th- thus, that the name solitude. of the album, California. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. It was. It, it's autobiographical. It yeah. Is, it is about my journey. I did. I did go from New York to Nashville out to L.A. I just happened to do it in a plane. Right. Go back a hundred <laughs> years, and it's on a train. Right. Right. You know? So is is this um, is this a newer approach for you, or has this been the theme of your music all along for your career? Well, you know, another great question. Um, and you know, Greg, it's. I wrote late night radio when I was 23. Wow. Okay. I was just out of college and, and it's one of those things that stuck with me. I remember writing it and just, I was my one room apartment in in Richmond, Virginia. And I was like, God, I, I, I always tried writing rock 
and you know, and, and kind of being that progressive style, like you, you went through different phases in your sure. listening, you know, yeah, yeah. as and, and and during the you know during the eighties and nineties, we were bombarded with a lot of great music. Oh right, now. yeah, yeah, one of the best eras, actually, I think. Yeah, I I agree, and you and you look at that, and you try to decipher that, and I went and I and this was my natural style, and it came so easily to me. It, it really did. And I was like, this can't be good because this is the stuff I want to play over here. So I ignored okay. and I was writing. I, I wrote some really cool rock songs and yeah. things, but I kept writing myself into a corner. <laughs> and then finally, finally, I just threw out everything I did. I was like, okay, I'm because I was I was working in Hollywood. You know, you probably read about my music video world. Yeah, right. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. yeah. So what happened was well that was my ability to stay close to music what mm -hmm. happened was i i realized back then that my music probably would have taken not have taken remember americana for most practical purposes is only four years old in people's minds right right i know yeah. and, and, and 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 the you know it's like it's been around you you get it you've, you've seen it and watched it sure coming to there about 10 percent of americana might qualify for being on the the western genre okay uh, you know but also but also you take a look at richard ashcroft from the verve if you go in towards some of richard's new songs you'd be going like he's got a western flair happening yeah there. yeah okay and and you know it's and you even the western flair from the yardbirds heart full of soul is a western riff going mm. right into mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. you know the, so the influence of western has been you know actually has been spread throughout many different genres of music. But get, getting to the point of, I, this is my natural style. I, I, and I want to talk about the guitar I play too, and this will, this will kind of be a prelude to this. My dad, when he died, his most prized possession was his 55 Martins. Wow. And I, I inherited That's my hmm. guitar. But I, for me, it kind of a shrine yeah. because I didn't really play it. the only thing I had from him. Yeah. And, you know, I was, I had my guitars, I had other, a lot of other ones. And I was like, you know, I really, I, when I threw everything out, I said, I just really wanted to embrace what was coming to me, my natural style. Mm -hmm. Instead of just playing music, I was composing and I pulled out that guitar and the tones on it and everything something strange happened where all of these images started emerging. Hmm. And when I write, I would write a kind of a skeletal structure of a song. And I, I said, well, you know, you walk away from it and then you start letting the lyrics and other things start taking over the melodies and you write according to those melodies. Everybody has a different approach of writing. You know, the Beatles, for God's sake, yeah. they would write the music, the lyrics. And sometimes you have to separate yourself from it, and sometimes you don't, where the where the lyrics just come right away. Yeah, I you learn improv, and that's what I I creatively did. I just kind of just went for it, and then let stuff resonate. And I embraced my natural style, and it just kept coming, and it still comes. It hmm. just keeps coming. Hmm. Hmm. And and what I write about when I play this Martin and I write on it, it's my primary writing guitar. Okay. I look for those tones and I look for those things that just start engaging, that resonate in me. And then these pictures start emerging and I write about those pictures. Hmm. 
And so the, the lyrics the, come from those, like a movie, like a music video. Sure, literally, yeah. it plays out. I, I would assume your experience in video probably enhances that ability to be able to see that imagery when you're putting those songs together. It, it, it does. And one of the one of the really cool things about working when when Mark Romantic and I were working together, collaborating on all these music videos, you know, I was I was more of a visualist, but for me it was it was great because I got to be close to music and the really great tracks. But you find out in those music videos we did that there's very they live in harmony. The visuals and the song live in harmony, and mm. they're just this beautiful piece together. That's why they work so well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, then you, but then again, you kind of get into the extremes of just you know just kind of going in a different direction. My very last music video. With Shania Twain's "I'm Going to Get You Good," I wrote that, mm, cool. and uh, the, the director came to me and it's like, you know, I kind of have this bass idea, and it really wasn't that thick. And I was like, okay, well, let, let's get down to the fundamental basis. Let's, it was kind of like my my leaving the music video world by doing probably one of the biggest anti videos had <laughs> nothing to do with the song. Yeah, it was you know, it, it was going into this futuristic world <laughs> and made it a video game. You know, she wanted to capture the younger audience. Right. And okay. that, that's exactly what it did. It won the CMT Flame Worthy Award. Yeah. It won Canadian everything. Wow. That's and, cool. Uh, so that was, you know, that was one of those things that, again, but it, it paired well with the music, you know, at the, at the end of the day. Yeah. And so that that's, as far as, you know, how the the visuals if you listen to the stories in the track they pair exceedingly well with the music and you're right it does play out like a music video i think it it it, it has that enhanced value so the the record is called california and and you are presently on tour or getting ready to go how how will you present that to your listeners well it's, it's interesting that's that's a really uh, that's a loaded question. Right? Okay. <laughs> it's all good. I have I have um, I have played out. I I had a concert literally uh, two weeks ago. Okay. Um, very beautiful, intimate one, and just seeing how things are and, and working out any kinks as you should. Uh, it went beautifully. I think that I took a step back and I said, well. You know, I'm not going to play bars. I'm not going to go into that world. I, I like things that are more proper, proper concert. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of bands get stuck into that mode. I said, well, what experience can I do that is going to be really unique to myself and what I'm doing and to my fans? And I have, like, remember I talked about I have this huge archive mm-hmm. of photographs, 30s, 40s, 50s. So what I'm going to do is we're calling it the gallery tour. And I'm, I'm in the process of going through hundreds and hundreds of ectochrome slides and photographs from that time. And I'm going to be doing gallery performances where I will be playing in a gallery with these pictures oh, cool. on display. Yeah. And they will, be for, they will be for sale as well. You know, this is the whole thing of really, I'm, I'm committing a great deal of time and effort and money yeah. to the expansion of this Western genre. Okay. And it it's to be inclusive because when you go when you go play a lot of venues, it's like, okay, you're in, either people are at, <laughs> at the bar having a good time, nothing to matter with that, 
or they're there to hear kind of a mixture of both. Hopefully people are, are attentive, mm-hmm. which most are. Mm-hmm. And, but, it, but it comes down to really giving the experience when people walk through that door that they are experiencing the whole, the whole world of what I'm, what I'm, you know, bringing forth and talking about. Yeah. And I don't see anybody really doing that. I mean, some no. performance artists have done, but some people have done like, you know, videos and, and kind of things that coincide with that. I have a bigger story. Yeah. And I'm definitely going to be, you know, I, I love it. I mean, I, I look at this stuff and I'm excited about it. And if you're excited about it, then, you know, other people get excited about it of when course. they're introduced to it. Yeah. And, and with the, with the tone of quote country music, changing it's it's almost like it's leaving the door open for uh, for what's authentic to kind of move in and and or move back in and kind of take its rightful place back where it started from which kind of feels like what what i hear you saying that that you're That's attempting exactly to do right with this. You, you you nailed it you freaking nailed it on that comment yeah absolutely that yeah. was that was a very well put yeah and cool. I, I am, you, you have to, you have to embrace it. And, you know, there's a history here mm-hmm. and sometimes it's like the same thing of like analog, you know, all of a sudden, of course, vinyl's hot, all of that. Right. <laughs> but, sure. But sure. it's like, that. we all, we all had our massive collections on it, but I also had my grandparents' collections. I've had, you know, all, I even had my, I, I'm the youngest of a, a kind of a Brady Bunch marriage. Mm-hmm. And okay. so when I, when I was, uh, really young my, my brother was was like the jam master on the submarine okay <laughs> oh, cool. yeah ball. And, and and so i'm this young young kid i'm, I'm not even six years old but it comes on me and hands me a sony cassette player which was incredible it was right detachable speakers every this is the tail end of tail end of vietnam okay and uh-huh. You know, so this is this is you know this is kind of almost whatever mid you know early mid seventies uh-huh. in that uh-huh. area, and hands me every imaginable import, everything you could possibly imagine, wow. and I just sat there for I think ever since that point. I mean, I, I always loved the Beatles, I loved everything else, but just to have that, yeah, and just to bake on it was incredible wow. but also you know with my grandparents growing up listening to porter wagner yeah to johnny <laughs> cash listening to the car you know there was there's that whole influx of what became classic rock the influence of the country the yeah. influence of moving to virginia and you're right it's, it's basically it's all this inclusive thing but also where where people have kind of I wouldn't say people move, have moved it on. You know, the, it was the record companies that killed the genre of Western. Oh, right, sure. And, and you know, they they basically just weren't seeing any sales in it. And I'm, I'm toting the flag that had Western continued and we skipped the needle forward 50 years, here's where it would be. Mm-hmm, cool. So when does this start for you? When, when, when will people be able to have an opportunity to experience this? Uh, we're looking. We're looking more in July. Okay. Uh, we're going to have a few small, small shows in June. Um, what that's doing is just kind of. It, I have. I have a lot of. 
kind of people to appease right now, if you might call it mm-hmm. that, as I'm working on it, because there's a lot of people that want shows, and I have to gear up for that, because mm-hmm. even getting the, getting the photos ready, getting all of those things in the venues set up yeah, um, yeah. for tour, is, you know, is a, it's a chess game. And the last thing you want to be doing in that chess game is just ping-ponging it from market to market. You want to make it as smooth as possible. So what we're going to concentrate on is the West Coast, for starters, you know, just working working California on the radius of L.A. and then moving north. And actually, Virginia is probably going to get a concert sooner than most east coast places cool i have obviously yeah. i have so many i have so many friends in virginia and fans and it's uh because we've also marketed to that to that area yeah. in north carolina raleigh raleigh parts there's a lot of people that really get it um even through tidewater so you know i'm looking at a roanoke and a richmond show and probably down in raleigh yeah and it's that's, that's cool. that court in Asheville. You know, it's like kind of keeping that circle. So yeah, what yeah. I'm doing is kind of setting up a circle area and keeping that consistent. You know, I have I have some radio interviews I have to do. One's in Columbia. That's going to happen in the fall. And, you know, some, some things are pretty far out, uh, but they'll be here quickly. Yeah. As, you know, and so there'll be there'll be a time when I have that. And and be able to make sure that everybody has a good heads up. Yeah, well, I will certainly. I, I will keep my eyes out. I'll be excited, and uh, that sounds like a neat show to experience uh, more than just listen to. So I, I look forward to to being able to do that and enjoy that with you. It sounds fun. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.